This is Get a Real Job, the podcast devoted to people who choose risk over safe bets, who pursue their passion against all odds and are doing what they want, how they want, despite people and sometimes the voices in their own heads telling them they're nuts. When the field that I wanted to work in didn't exist, I created it. The only thing you have to decide is how hard you want to work. I really never went into the design of the restaurant of not succeeding. One way or another, I was going to succeed. I'm your host, Dan Bova, editorial director of entrepreneur.com. Thanks for listening. And now, get a real job. Emily Ratajkowski is one of those people who need no introduction because if I listed everything she's accomplished, we'd be here for a very long time. Emily is an entrepreneur, a model, an actress, a writer, activist, and probably a million other things. She's also being celebrated on Entrepreneur Magazine's 2021 list of women of impact. I'm thrilled to talk today with the very busy Emily Ratajkowski. Emily, welcome. Thank you so much. What a generous introduction. (laughs) Sure, of course. Well, you are, you know, so, so if someone met you at an event and just say they didn't know who you were and they said, hey, what do you do for a living? How would you answer that? Um, I usually just choose one and then um, kind of skip over, skip over the rest. I don't <laughs> I, I give a short answer. Um, so it just sort of depends what my mood is and whether or not I want to talk to that person for a long time or not. <laughs> um, I think the quick answer that kind of keeps the conversation relatively short is model. Um, uh-huh. But if I'm feeling a little bit more like sharing and having a conversation, I'll tell people that I'm also a writer and a business owner. So was, uh, you know, you've, uh, you've got a lot going on, which is, which is incredible. And w- was all of this in a plan for you? Did you kind of see all this unfolding before you? Is this something that you were aiming for or did these kind of pieces fall into place as your career progressed? Uh, I think that it all sort of organically happened. Um, you know, when I was 25, I would always get that question, where do you see yourself in 10 years? And I was like, always had an issue with it. Um, I didn't, I didn't do well with that question in interviews because I really didn't know what I wanted to Uh do in 10 years. Um, but, you know, I would say in the last couple of years, things sort of became clear to me, um, like what I actually wanted and figuring out how to get there. But as far as starting my business goes, um, that sort of happened organically just from having the experience of doing um, a lot of partnerships with other brands and licensing right. roles, um, and then realizing, wait, I could do this myself and I think I would actually really enjoy it. And then as far as the writing goes, you know, um, like I'm not surprised that it's happening because it was always something that I loved and whatever, um, something that I had kind of dreamed of doing, but you know, it was, it always, when you say, Oh, I'm going to write a book, um, like seems like everybody says that Yeah, right. (laughs) actually happening is another story. Right. Right. And you know, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of details in there that I want to ask you about, but, but I think uh, something really important you said there was like, I think it's okay for people to not know what's coming in five years. I think sometimes we feel like there should be this expectation that I've got this whole roadmap planned out and I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And I think it's kind of, it's kind of awesome that you, um, you know, were able to like recognize, I don't know what's coming next, but we'll see. 
Yeah. I mean, I think for, you know, you meet a lot of people who are trained in business or have have family in business and they're really used to having that sort of like two-year, five-year, 10-year plan. Um, But that was never me, partly because I've always been interested in a lot of things and I never really expected to become a famous model or have an acting career. Like there were a lot of things that I was kind of trying my hand at and working really hard at, don't get me wrong, but weren't, you know, wasn't entirely sure that it was like going to be my life path. So I think that there were a lot of moments of kind of like trying things out, seeing where I landed, adjusting, and then deciding again, like, okay, what, what do I want from this point and, you know, moving forward. And obviously I think when you're in your twenties, you're just kind of figuring that stuff out in general. Um, right. Not everyone, but certainly that was the case for me. So, um, you know, the most, whether you're, uh, you know, someone of your caliber or someone running a huge business or, or someone just starting out, it doesn't matter where you are. The, the, the most precious resource we all have is time. Um, how do you divide your time? What do you do to protect your time? How do you kind of, as you said, you, you have so many different interests. How do you, how do you divide it up? So, um, you know, it used, I, I used to have a clear answer and then I gave birth to a baby five months uh-huh. ago <laughs> and it all sort of got blown out. Um, right. um, I'm sure that parents can relate, but yeah. Before that, and I will say even in continuum, um, learning to delegate has been a huge thing for me. Um, I'm not somebody who typically likes to do that. Even with Inamorata, my clothing and swim company, we, you know, we're really a small, small team. And now I have people who kind of work under me who I can trust. And that's such a game changer. Um, because it means that when I, you know, when I want to take time to be writing or working on another project, or, you know, I book a job that I, I want to do, or I just need to be with my son for the day. Um, I can trust that there's someone who can pick up the slack and, you know, of course I'm, I'm still kind of on email and I'm in touch with them and I'm whatever, but I know that they're going to be carrying out things that I would normally do. And right. that's, um, that's a really big, big step. That was a big step for me at least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and just a tip. Uh, so I have, I have two sons, they're teenagers now, but if once they're able to take care of themselves, if you want to like throw a, another hand grenade into your life, get a puppy, uh, okay. and they will destroy everything. Um, well, we have a dog. So, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you're, you are aware. We joke that we have two, two sons, two children. Right. Right. <laughs> so, uh, well, I, I do want to ask you about your your uh, apparel line. Um, you know what what led to the launch of that? I mean, obviously, your 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 work in fashion, so uh, you know a lot about that industry. But I wonder what led to you saying, "I'm going to start my own thing." And also, as you mentioned, building a team, building people, putting people around you that you trust. How did you go about doing that? Um, so as I mentioned, uh, I started with, you know, doing a lot of licensing deals and I enjoyed working on them. Um, I was, I did a handbag type thing. I did a bunch of different things and I was thinking, you know, I was getting a percentage of the profits and I was realizing like, wow, this is extremely profitable. And yes, these companies have to do a lot of work and put up the money, but they're also relying on me so heavily for creative, which is a huge chunk of, you know, selling. It wasn't just my image, but it was also kind of like my, my way of selling things like using my 
Instagram and whatever. And, um, I just kind of realized like, wait, if I'm getting this much money with 4%, then like, what are they making? Um, and (laughs) I grew up in San Diego on a beach. I've always loved bathing suits and it just felt like a very natural kind of thing for me to try. And I was living in downtown Los Angeles at the time. So I knew people who worked in the factories around there. Um, so I started doing a bunch of research and, I worked with some really amazing people. um, And eventually I actually, you talk about building a team. um, I partnered with my best friend from Encinitas, from my hometown in San Diego, who had been working in fashion for 10 years in merchandising um, in, in New York. And when she came on, it was really when things kind of went to the next level and, um, since then we have hired people and now have an office in Soho and are just, you know, kind of having our biggest year ever, which is amazing. Um, but you know, I was always really hesitant. My, my, I grew up in a household where my dad was always like, you never want to work with friends. It's yeah. so tricky, blah, blah, blah. And so I was really afraid of that. But after kind of working with other people who I didn't have shorthand with and, you know, realizing like life is short um, and yeah. you know, people that you enjoy, especially, you know, on a project like this, where it is, you know, obviously I'm interested in building a business and making a profit, but I also want to enjoy the ride. Mm. Um, it became so, so clear to me that it was the right choice. And, you know, we're still extremely close and um, I couldn't ask for a better partner. That's awesome. So do you, now, do you, do you guys have uh, distinct sort of roles within the company or um, are you doing the same things? How does that work? So she really handles production, merchandising, um, our kind of overall calendar, sales projections, our growth, all that kind of fun stuff that is not fun for me. (laughs) It sounds Um, thrilling. Yes. Yeah. She actually really enjoys a beautiful Excel sheet, um, which (laughs) has to walk me through. And then Uh, we handle basically all creative sort of like larger picture, all that good stuff. Um, So, you know, I'm doing like actual drawings of the designs. I'm working with um, our print designer, I'm doing all of that. And then, you know, we kind of work together. She'll say, Oh, the factory came to me with this new material. What do you think about that? Um, we, you know, and then we basically both have somebody who work underneath us, um, who support us completely. And that's sort of where the team has started to expand and grow. Um, and that's really, that's the exciting stuff is having people, you know, come on who aren't, you know, necessarily best friends and haven't been there from the beginning, but are passionate and really get it and have wonderful ideas and, you know, ambitions for the company. That's, that's great. And I, and I I wanted to ask you about that, you know, especially with a kind of creative thing, you know, the thing that you see in your head, you're sketching it on paper and and you're sort of like giving it to people to sort of execute a a vision. How would you describe your leadership style? How how does that process like really work? Do you let people sort of take the ball and run with it? Are you looking at every stage of things? I, um, it really depends. So now things are a little different. It used to be that I controlled everything. I would see every sample, whatever. But now that, um, our team has expanded, I, again, am delegating more. So there'll be certain things that I, you know, see the, the last sample of, and then, you know, give ad notes to, and then we go back maybe once 
Whereas I'm not seeing the first thing that comes back. They, I let, you know, adjustments happen. They perfect what they think feels best. And then I kind of review, but that honestly has just started happening in the last year. Um, Partly, honestly, because of COVID and my pregnancy, it sort of forced me to have to like give up a little control, which wasn't natural to me, but ultimately has been so much better for the company. And, you know, as we grow, it's, it's necessary to have. Right more and more people working on it. Um, it wasn't sustainable the way we were doing it before. Um, but I, I really, you know, still try to keep as much kind of an eye on everything we're doing. And we have, um, a really, really organized, um, office and, um, group of people. So everything is very clearly laid out. And if there's any kind of questions about what's coming next or, you know, whatever, we're constantly brainstorming, you know, a year out, but also the wonderful thing about our D to C direct consumer, you know, um, platform and way of working, we don't sell anywhere else except our website is that we can be really flexible. So if there's something that sold really well the month before we can find a way to re, you know, do a new kind of version of that and sell it the next month, which is great. Wow. Yeah, that, that, that's great. And I wonder uh, along the way, um, have you, um, is there anyone in particular who's inspired you or have you, have you had any mentors who have sort of, uh, you know, helped you steer the ship as you're, you know, leading this company and, and is there any uh, great advice they gave you that you would share with other people? Yeah. I mean, um, I, you know, I definitely, I, I really love Kathy Ireland. I think she was kind of one of the first models who became an entrepreneur. Right. I think Jessica Alba is really amazing. Jessica Simpson. Um, I think what Kim Kardashian's doing with Skims is really awesome, but you know, we're really kind of carving out our own path. And ultimately one of the things that I've learned from all these people is that you have to figure out what you want mm. first, um, which doesn't seems like a really, really obvious thing to say, but when you're building a company, you need to sort of have your goals in mind. And some people, you know, want to build a huge, huge business that they sell in two, three years. That wasn't what I wanted. Um, I want to sort of have the control. I want to enjoy the process. And then I, I have long-term goals that, you know, are more kind of of that world, but, um, figuring that out and sort of realizing like, okay, the more that you have a vision of what you really want to get out of this, you know, because there's also, there's so many different ways when you start taking funding, um, you can, you know, take a little bit from this company that you really love because they are an amazing partner. You can take it just because you love the cash or whatever. And, you know, the more that you have a sense of what you want your life to look like and what your goals are, the better off you are. Uh, That's great. And you know, um, for, for people who are thinking about that, uh, that dream business, that thing that they always want to launch, you know, uh, it's an amazing thing to be able to control it and to, to see it through. What would you say are some of, um, have there been any painful lessons you've learned along the way? Like, wow, I didn't see that coming or wow, this is harder than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I mean, I think that we had kind of, um, amazing success right away. And at one point we got ahead of ourselves and we're like, we can sell anything. <laughs> this uh-huh. is amazing. And there was sort of a moment actually when um, my partner first came on where we were trying different sort of branding strategies out and being like, okay, maybe we 
we want to be more of a basics um, line. That was one thing we tried out and we were like, because it seems like with our sales of, you know, whatever we had seen that this was the right thing. And it wasn't. Our girl is really, our customer, a woman um, is very interested in like exciting prints and kind of like not basics, um, which was not something that we saw coming. But, you know, you kind of learn to ride those waves and figure things out. And um, that's that's all a part of it. Learning your customer is a huge, huge, um, huge thing. More coming up from our guests. But first, a word from our sponsor. Look, not everyone was lucky enough to be born with a golden voice like mine. I kid, of course. God help you if you have a voice like mine. But if you are working on a project and are in need of voiceover artists, music, audio production, or translations, you should check out Voices, the number one creative services marketplace with over 2 million registered users. You know that stress you feel when you need something done and you don't have time to do it and the deadline is looming in the distance like some fire-breathing dragon? Well, extinguish that stress monster with the good people at Voices, who'll get you the voiceover translation, audio production, and music composition services you need fast. You'll get responses from highly skilled talent in a few hours, sometimes even in minutes, when you post a job for free, I should add. You get quotes that fit your budget, and off you go. It's super simple, and here is the super sweet part. There is absolutely no risk. With their exclusive SurePay service, your funds are only released when you give your stamp of approval and the final files have been delivered. So never feel overwhelmed by creative projects again. Voices has a super simple platform, or you can use their account managers to make each step super easy with their tip-to-tail project management services. Visit Voices.com and post your job today. And we're back. You mentioned your your Instagram account, uh, you know, which has what twenty eight million followers. I think um, uh, su- such a powerful uh, platform, and you've used it, you know, for for business, and also you've been very uh, outspoken about your political beliefs and the way that society treats women, and you know, and and you've written about some truly horrifying moments that you've personally experienced, not necessarily on on Instagram, but, um, you know, I wonder if sharing things like that as a business owner, do you ever like think twice, oh, maybe I shouldn't do that because, you know, maybe some of my customers won't agree with that? Or Mm -hmm. is it just this is all you and you're all in on sharing what you believe? I really believe that being that now in the age of, you know, um, we have Gen Z, we have people who are really accustomed to the internet. I think my parents, you know, who are boomers use Facebook more than I use social media now. Um, and I think that like the bullshit detector has just become so, so high. And, um, I don't even think that I'm necessarily the best. I keep a pretty like serious, um, boundary when it comes to what I do share and what I don't. And that being said, I do think that if you're trying to do anything, but be authentic, you're going to hit a lot of roadblocks. Mm. So I, you know, I try to be smart, mostly in a self-protective way about what I share. Um, but otherwise I just think that being really authentic is kind of the only way to, 
to be on the internet anymore. And I think it's, we're just going, that's going to be more and more true. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and we've mentioned, uh, author, uh, you have a book that'll be debuting, uh, November 9th, my body. Um, can you talk a little bit about what it's about and what inspired you to write it? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a collection of essays, um, about my experiences as a young woman, as a woman, as a model, um, as a actress, um, in this industry, but really just in our culture, um, and about kind of the, the double-edged sword that comes with, you know, using your sexuality as a commodity and Mm. your body as a commodity, um, and the power and the kind of more complicated sides to what we are calling power, um, that come with that. Right. Right. And, um, and it sounds amazing. And for anyone who's read uh, pieces that you've uh, essays that you've written in the past, I'm sure it's going to be incredible. I can't wait to to see it. And as you said at the at the top too, you know, every not everyone, but a lot of people say, "Oh, I'm writing a book. I want to write a book. I'm working on a book." Like, what? How did you do it? What you know? Everyone wants to do it. A lot of people want to do it, but you can't find time, or you can't get in a groove. Like, what's your writing process like? Um, it's painstaking. Yeah. <laughs> it's <awful. laughs> okay. I um, thought you were going to give us a secret. Damn it! Oh, there's no secret. I mean, I think that you know, one thing for me that was huge is I'm a really big reader, and one of the reasons that I had not written more before was because I. I felt like I could never be as good as my favorite writers. Um, And so whenever I'd sit down to write, I'd look at the page and, you know, whatever I'd written a paragraph and be like, this is just awful. Um, I think if you can get over that, (laughs) you can totally get over that, um, which I, it took me a long time to do, then you can write. Um, and then you just kind of do it piece by piece. And it's, it's amazing how it builds. Um, because, you know, I, I had sold my book, um, while pregnant and I had a lot of it written. I actually had like 60,000 words or something. Um, but you know, I was editing and I was adding a lot and it was a very difficult process, um, while kind of also growing a life and a global pandemic and whatever. And, um, what was really what I found was, you know, just forcing yourself. And a lot of times that meant doing absolutely nothing. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, like I'm talking, you know, six hours after two weeks of working on something, it would just come. And that's just how it goes. Um, and it sounds like a stereotype, but when you're in it, it's, it's hard to remember that that's the stereotype and that it's going to ever come back. There were moments where I was like, I guess I'm just never going to be able to write again. And that's just what this is. Right. But you can, you can do it. And I think it's, you know, there's that saying, I'm not sure who said it first, but um, you know, the difference between a writer is, is, and uh, somebody who wants to write is just, they, they sit down and do it. And that's right. Yes. (laughs) Yes. That's great advice. And, you know, it's also, it's, I think great advice for people who are dreaming uh, of launching, you know, whether it's a side hustle or their business, you know, you could plan, you could think you could, you could, listen to podcasts, you could read books about it, but in the end, you actually have to do it. Yeah, that is true. And I mean, you know, I think that people 
generally think about celebrity brands and whatever. And they're like, oh, there was a team of people. And, you know, it was really just me. And, you know, I hired someone freelance to come on and help me get samples. There were six suits when we launched, that was it. Um, like four different, uh, prints. And that's what we started with. And it was kind of like, I had someone to do the website again, freelance. And then we were literally packing out of my apartment and, um, my friend's showroom who they, they had a jewelry brand, um, and they were generous enough to like, let me use it for a couple months to ship things out of. So, you know, you start really small, um, yeah. and then you're from there. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I know we, we started this off by talking about not having a, a huge life plan. But having said that, uh, you know, obviously your company is is doing amazingly well and uh, most all aspects of your career are doing really well. Do you do you see um, a vision of kind of where you want to be in the next couple of years, what you're hoping to grow towards? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, um, with the the book and the writing, I'm, I'm hoping that people will see a side of me that I haven't really been able to show on Instagram or through my kind of other endeavors. I think, you know, a lot of what I'm interested in is being in control of my own narrative. And there's just really no better way to do that than write. Um, mm. So I'm excited to sort of see where that leads me because, you know, I, even though I definitely was always a business person, I kind of grew into that that role just from, you know, working as a model and realizing like, okay, I need to know my worth. I need to understand these rates and negotiations and whatever. Um, but before that, you know, my, my mom is a writer, my dad is an artist, and I've always been interested in working creatively. So I want to find a way to do that more and, and merge sort of the business with the creative as much as I possibly can. That's great. That's awesome. Well, we, we can't wait to see what, what, uh, what comes of that. And, you know, uh, I guess final question for for people listening here who maybe are kind of almost there for launching it or almost there for writing their book. Is there any kind of pep talk right now you could give them to say, go do it? Oh, God. Um, no, <laughs> I, think, I don't know. I don't want to bullshit anyone. It's really, really hard um, yeah. and not always like rewarding in the way that you expect it to be. I think that there's so many people telling you about, you know, just keep going and like, then you're going to get, get the gold or whatever. But I think it's just a really long road and it's a really hard process. And just make sure that you are, you know, really being true to yourself and, mm -hmm. Um, not, you know, listening to other people, but also like knowing again, what you want and making sure that every single thing that you do is congruent with that. And, you know, then no matter what happens, you know, that you're, you've covered yourself and that you're going to be happy, which is ultimately why we do any of this stuff. So. So since you're not a bullshitter, I'm going to ask you a final, final question, which is that, you know, a lot of people say things like failure is great. You learn so much from failure. You should be failing all the time. How do you feel about failure? I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I hate failure. Who wants to be a failure? That, that being said, of course you learn from your, your fail, failures. Um, and I don't think that I, you know, would be in the position I am had I not gone through those failures. But again, like there's, there's no, I think anybody who tells you that, you know, enjoy them. It's all like, it's a roller coaster. You have your ups and downs. It's, that's really easy to say when, you know, you're on the up, whatever. Yeah. 
um, not easy to say when you're in it. So I think it's okay to say failure, failures sucks. And I mean, um, I'm probably too scared of it. I, I don't know, but um, <laughs> it is true that you learn from it. So. All right, great. Well, Emily, uh, really, really awesome talking to you uh, and uh, seeing all this amazing stuff that you're up to. And we look forward to seeing more. And uh, thanks so much for your time. Great talking to you. Wonderful to talk to you. Thanks so much, Dan. That's our episode, folks. Hope you enjoyed it. Get a Real Job comes out every Tuesday. So be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you harvest your favorite podcasts. Leave us a review. Give us a share. Don't make me beg people. Go to entrepreneur.com for new episodes of this and to listen to our other great podcasts. Thanks. Thanks.